Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's showtime, folks! This is the American Variety Network on Block Talk Radio with Ali McCardinell. Live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Happy Halloween from all of us at American Variety Network. (laughs) Hello, cooking and food lovers. Welcome to... This week's episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, here live on American Variety Network. I'm your host, Chef Alice Cardinelli. Thank you for joining me tonight here on the American Variety Network. Hope all of you guys are having a fantastic day. Now make sure you get your notepad and your pen and paper out, or open up a Microsoft Word file, because I've got some awesome American recipes that... I'm going to give out a little later on in the show tonight. Now, our topic tonight is going to be about American cooking, and in the second half of the show, I have many awesome American recipes tonight. So, we all live right here in America. A majority of my listeners are all from the United States of America, although I do have people listening from the United Kingdom and Canada and a couple people from France. So this show is for them because I want to educate them on the American cuisine and our American foods. And for my listeners from America, I've got some fantastic recipes for you. Now tonight, I'm going to tell you guys about the different American cuisines that are in the country we call United States of America. There are so many cuisines. There's like a cuisine in every state. But I'm going to cover the major ones, such as the New England cuisine, Tex-Mex cuisine, Cajun cuisine, Philadelphia cuisine, New York City cuisine, and all the major cuisines we're going to cover on tonight's show. So you're going to learn a lot about the many foods the United States of America has grown accustomed to. And like I said, I'm going to be talking mostly about the New England cuisine, the Philadelphia cuisine, Cajun cuisine, Chicago cuisine, and much more. So make sure you stay tuned for some classic American recipes, including fried chicken, country fried steak, chicken and broccoli Alfredo, Philadelphia cheesecake and Philadelphia cheesesteak, Chef Alex's cheeseburg, and so many more awesome recipes. Now, this cooking show is being broadcast live, like all of our other shows here on the American Variety Network. So, if you have any questions or you want to talk about your personal favorite American foods or your personal favorite American um, restaurant, please feel free to call in 
at 1-347-989-8142, and we will be happy to answer your call. All right, so we're going to get this show started right after our quick introduction, and when we come back from our awesome podcast intro, we are going to start talking about American food. So stick around, folks, and don't go anywhere. Tune in live to the American Variety Network here, live on Block Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. Uh, 
Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network, where I find the shows very educational and entertaining. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. Restaurants 
here in Elkhart here at an event. I forgot the name of the event, but I think it's, I don't know, sponsored by Flavor 574, but it's an awesome thing. Uh, I, think it, I think it's awesome that you support your local restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, that old restaurant, that actually used to be an old uh, firehouse restaurant, which never got much recognition. It closed up and everything, so... I mean... Oh, that sucks. And then Bacon Hill took its place many years, like two, three years later. But sadly, they were better. And got way more recognition. So is that place like a fine dining place, or is it more like a hamburger kind of restaurant? It's it's actually kind of both. It's... uh, it is a sit-down restaurant, and they do serve burgers. Uh, the Bacon Hill Burger costed like $11, so, yeah, they got some expensive stuff over there. Um, and it has a nice modern feel to it. Um, their fries are good. Almost tastes like Burger King fries. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, really good. Oh, that's awesome. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, burgers are good at restaurants for some reason. They're much better at restaurants than they are at uh, home for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, burger King is actually my favorite American restaurant overall, though, like when it comes to burgers. Um, and having, like, gourmet burgers, when you buy them at the supermarket, they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. I like Burger King burgers, and I definitely like the gourmet burgers at home. Those are pretty good, too. Yeah, the regular burgers can't match up with those. And Yeah, those gourmet burgers are very expensive. Um, unless they get a good sale on them, my mom would actually buy them, you know, grill them up and serve them. Sometimes they would come into packs of two instead of, like, like a loaf pack, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they probably come in too because they're expensive and they're gourmet, but they're excellent though. And yeah, and they're pre-seasoned and everything, and they got all the extra ingredients besides just the beef. Um, I mean, it's almost as good as uh, like you know pizza burgers and all those. Those are all um, good. Yes, they are. I think actually burgers are one of the the most uh, classified and known American foods. Yes, they are. They're number one known, I guess, next to hot dogs. Um, but man, just burgers really, really, really are delicious. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you can't go <laughs> wrong with a burger. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta stuff it in your mouth because it's that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of hot dogs. I don't like the taste of them. Yeah, I don't like hot dogs either. They're nasty. They're like dog food to me. Uh, it doesn't taste like dog food. I, you know what? I actually had tried dog food when I was a small child, and you don't want to <laughs> have it. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's yeah, no, that's yeah, it's not compared to hot dogs. I would rather eat a hot dog than dog food. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but shockingly enough, 
parrot food's more delicious. I'm not. I'm not joking. It's. I mean, like the fruity ones. Uh, you know those. Like, I mean, I know it's weird, but recently I decided to try one because I had a little guy say, like, you know, I had a friend with me. He actually wanted to try one of the parrot foods. He said it was delicious. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try one and see if it's good. <laughs> Put one in my mouth, and apparently, it doesn't taste half bad at all. Well, that's but shocking. <laughs> it is. Well, if it has fruit in it, it probably is good then. Yeah. Might have more natural stuff than uh, dog food does. I've heard of a few dog things, I guess. <laughs> that have, what is it? What's that one, blue? Yeah, uh, blue seal, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I heard they had good dog food for dogs. Um, but yeah, I've seen their commercials. I thought it was actually for actual TV dinners, and it's like, ah, it's for dog food. I think they would make <laughs> some good dinners though. Yeah, that would that would be uh, pretty unique if I did a show like that. <laughs> dog food. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight. I enjoyed your call. Hey, you're welcome. You have a good night. You too, Alex. All right. Mm-hmm. So that was actually a, a good friend of mine. I want to say thank you, Eddie, for calling into the show. Always great way to kickstart a cooking show with a little bit of fun. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and start talking about American foods. Now, I want to have a discussion on my personal favorite American food before we get into all the information because I know sometimes when I relay information it can get kind of boring. So my first favorite American food is what Eddie just mentioned, hamburgers. But when I have a hamburger, I have to have a slice of cheese on mine. And personally, my personal favorite kind of cheese is um, provolone. And usually you will not see many hamburgers with provolone on them unless you go to like a fine dining restaurant or a restaurant that specializes in hamburgers. And uh, I like a good old classic cheeseburger. I also eat one that has cheddar cheese on it as well, but like I said, I love any kind of cheeseburger. Now, my second favorite American food is fried chicken. However, I don't eat fried chicken as often as I should because I try to watch how much of the fried foods that I eat because fried foods have a lot of calories. But once in a great while, I will eat fried chicken. And I think that fried chicken is a food that a lot of people in the southern side of the United States like and enjoy. And it's definitely popular up here in New England. I see a lot of fried chicken fast food restaurants, and I see fried chicken offered at a lot of our restaurants. Now, the kid inside of me, and even now at 22 years old, I still love chicken tenders, and I like chicken tenders with sweet and sour sauce and barbecue sauce and even classic ketchup. And chicken tenders are very popular right here in the United States of America. You find them at fast food restaurants, you'll find them on kid menus in restaurants, so they're even on the adult menu as well. Chicken tenders are very popular here in the United States. 
Now, one of my favorite American foods that are great for parties are chicken wings. Now, a good cook and a good chef would know how to make killer chicken wings, and I'm honored that I know how to make chicken wings. I'm honored that I have a great chicken wing recipe, and later on in the show, I'm going to share my delicious chicken wing recipe with you, and I hope that you all will uh, enjoy my chicken wings. Now, I like my chicken wings with any kind of sauce. Uh, I'll eat them with a hot buffalo sauce or a mild barbecue sauce, or I'll eat them just plain. I like chicken wings. They're pretty good. Of course, I like uh, macaroni and cheese. I have not met a person that does not like macaroni and cheese, except for those who are lactose intolerant. Um, but even then, there is uh, other kinds of macaronis that they do like. And I also like chicken noodle soup, a really good classic American soup. I like cornbread. And the last American food that I like is desserts. I love the American cookies, like the classic chocolate chip cookie that is created right here in New England. And I like the American desserts, such as red velvet cake and all of those other great desserts that America has. So that is my personal favorite American foods. Now it is your turn to go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two and discuss your favorite American foods. Okay, so now I'm going to go ahead and um, talk about the different cuisines in the United States of America. But first, I'll talk about food that was from different cultures that were popularized in the United States of America. Now, when the USA had a lot of immigrants coming into the country back in the old day, a lot of their cultures were popularized and made um, famous here in the United States of America. And they brought along a lot of traditions, including the foods that we eat today in America. So I want to start with Italian foods that were made popular in the United States of America. So Italian foods that are made popular here in America are pizza. Now, you can go in any state and find a good quality pizza restaurant. And I think uh, pizza is really, really um, delicious. And everyone that I know, every American citizen I know, likes pizza. Then, of course, you've got spaghetti and meatballs. That's a very good American classic Italian dish. You've got meat sauce that is uh, really good. Now, meat sauce is basically just a tomato sauce. They throw in uh, ground beef. That was popularized right here in the United States of America. And then, of course, I know all of you are going to know what this is, Alfredo sauce. That was popularized right here in the United States. And believe it or not, in Italy, Alfredo sauce is not very popular. Um, Alfredo sauce, you'd have to go to a fine dining place in Italy to find Alfredo sauce, but it's popular right here. You can find it at any Italian restaurant here in the United States of America. The next thing that is popular Italians brought to the United States, one of my personal favorite meals, is the Parmesan. Now, originally, the Italians only brought eggplant parm, but Americans decided to recreate that dish and make it chicken parm, and veal parm, and I, I like the chicken parm, so I have to thank the American citizens for creating that. 
Of course, pasta was popularized by the Italians here in America. Every time someone thinks of pasta, they always think of an Italian. And these things like raviolis, tornellinis, manicotti, lasagna, all those were brought here to the United States of America from the Italian immigrants. So pasta was brought from Italy. Now, cannolis, tiramisu, and the Italian butter cookies, those are all brought over from Italy as well. So those are the famous Italian foods that were made popular in the USA. Now, let's talk about the Spanish and um, Mexican foods that were made uh, popular. These would include tacos, and I like tacos. And I know there's a lot of people in the United States of America that uh, like tacos. Now, quesadillas are very popular, and they were brought over from the Spanish and Mexican um, immigrants. I like quesadillas. I like mine with chicken and cheese, and I think quesadillas are very, very good. Now, Spanish rice and beans are also brought over from Spanish immigrants, and uh, they were um, very, very good as well. So, that's the food that the Spanish and Mexicans made popular in America. Now, let's talk about the French food that is made popular in America. French toast, French fries, French short, and some pies. Now, excuse me, the fruit tarts and some pies. Now, the fruit tarts were actually uh, brought over by a French pastry chef, if I remember correctly, and they were popularized in the United States of America. And some pies, like the crumb pie, where I actually put a crumb topping on top of, let's say, an apple pie, that was brought over by the French. And many of our pastries that us Americans like, like the croissants, the Danish, the turnovers, etc., those are all French creations that are popularized right here in the United States of America. Now, let's talk about Chinese food. I guarantee you, if I went and picked out an American citizen off the streets, they're going to know what Chinese food is. However, did you know that the authentic Chinese food is nothing close to being uh, authentic? The American Chinese food is a lot different than the authentic Chinese food, is what I, what I mean. So if I actually uh, went to my local Chinese restaurant, ordered a dish, and I traveled to China, and I showed them that dish, they would not know what was on that plate. They would probably say it's an intimidation, an intimidation or copying of what we have, but much unhealthier. So, But there are some things that Chinese immigrants have introduced to the United States. The first would be white rice, and in turn, the Americans created fried rice using pork, using chicken, using um, shrimp and vegetables. Now, wonton soups and all the Chinese soups, like egg drop soup, were introduced to the United States of America. Um, sweet and sour chicken was actually uh, created by a Chinese-American so, technically, that could be introduced into America. And, of course, slow mein was introduced into the United States of America. But, believe it or not, American Chinese food is a lot different than the authentic Chinese food, like I said. And uh, 
It is good. I know a lot of you American citizens like it. All right, other countries, before we get into the cuisines of America. Now, fish and chip is brought over from Britain, and fish and chip is very popular during Easter time. Now, baked potatoes were brought over from Ireland, as far as I can recall from my my uh, research and my mem in my memory. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually researched for this show. All right, so those are all the foods that were brought over from other countries and popularized right here in the United States of America. So let's talk about some of the best cuisines in America, some of the most popular foods. And every section of the United States of America has different style of cuisines. And I'm going to start with where I live, and that is the New England cuisine. Now, the New England cuisine covers Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Now, the New England cuisine, now the New England cuisine is characterized by extensive use of seafood and dairy products, and that is because we have a rich history on our seaports and our fishing industry, as well as extensive dairy farming on our inland regions. Now, many of New England's earliest Puritan settlers were from eastern England, where baking foods such as pies, beans, and turkey were more common than frying, as was the tradition elsewhere. Our two popular food types in New England are maple syrup and cranberries. Now, I'm really not a big fan of uh, cranberries. I find them to be very bitter and disgusting. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of maple syrup by itself either. Uh, I like maple syrup on pancakes and French toast and waffles. But I like just a teeny tiny bit of maple syrup because that stuff is really sweet and it gives me a major toothache. So when I eat maple syrup, I only have like a half teaspoon or so, really small bit. Um, not really a huge fan of it. But here in New England, maple syrup and cranberries are our two popular food types. Now, the favorited cooking techniques in New England cuisine are stewing, steaming, and baking. Now, a lot of our early settlers, or a lot of our early Puritan settlers, they were from eastern England, and they also brought with them traditions of dairy products and baking pies and other foods. Baked beans, apple pies, baked or roast turkey, peas porridge, and steam puddings became common Yankee dishes. Some are now common nationally during Thanksgiving dinners. So because of New England's involvement in the triangle trade in the 18th century, molasses and rum were common in New England cuisine. Now today, traditional cuisine remains a strong part of New England's identity. Some of his plates are now enjoyed by the entire United States, including clam chowder, baked beans, and homemade ice cream. In the past two centuries, New England, New England cooking was strongly influenced and transformed by Irish Americans, the Portuguese fishermen of coastal New England, and Italian Americans. 
So the typical foods in New England cuisine include various types of seafood, which is often fried, baked, broiled, or boiled. Cod, haddock, halibut, scrod, shad, striped bass, salmon, and trout are your most famous and popular kinds of fish in New England. Lobster, scallops, clams, quahogs, mussels, and steamers are all your popular shellfish. Fried clams are extremely popular in the summertime in New England. Now, a really classic New England dinner is a lobster dinner, traditionally boiled in seawater and served hot with a baked potato. I used to have that once a year until, sadly, I got diagnosed with shellfish allergies and I could no longer eat lobster. But, hey, at least I can keep one in my saltwater tank, right? <laughs> um Lobster roll is very popular in New England, but this one is made with a New England-style hot dog bun compared to the other lobster rolls all over the United States of America. Crab cakes were introduced in New England, and they're very popular in New England. Um, A lot of people from Canada come over and try our crab cakes. Crab cakes are also popular in Canada as well. American Chop Suey was actually created here in New England and very popularized in New England. Basically what American chop suey is, is it's pasta with marinara sauce, ground beef, or ground pork, or ground veal, with peppers, onions, and sometimes mushrooms. It's a very, very affordable meal for those living on a budget, and it is a very good meal. And in my recipes tonight, I'm going to give you American chop suey recipe that my family uses. Of course, with apples always being available in New England, apple cider, which is often served hot and mold if it's during the holidays. Now, apples are usually available from the fall to the spring, depending on our weather. Some some years, we don't really have much apples available, but nine times out of ten, we do have fresh apples available. Now, Boston baked beans are often served with brown brown bread here. Uh, We're actually popular for Boston cream pie and Boston cream donuts, which is actually uh, a vanilla cake that is sandwiched between um, a vanilla custard frosted with chocolate ganache. So Boston cream pie is not a pie. It's a cake, a vanilla sponge cake that has custard and chocolate ganache. And, of course, the donut is a vanilla donut filled with the custard and frosted with the chocolate ganache. Ice creams are made popular here in New England. We're we're known for our homemade ice creams like Ben & Jerry's. Now, hermit cookies are cookies that are loaded with dates and nuts, and they're extremely popular here in New England. A lot of our bakeries are always carrying fresh-baked hermit cookies. Now, Whoopie pies are very popular in New England. They were created in Maine, and they're actually one of my personal favorite desserts of all time. Um, The whoopie pie is awesome, and I've got a recipe for whoopie pies later on in the show. Now, actually, believe it or not, New England has their very own steak sandwich. It's a lot different than the Philly cheesesteak sandwich, but it's similar. And that is the steak bomb. It's similar to Philly cheesesteak, but it has a New England twist to it. It actually uses provolone or American cheese. 
and it includes mushrooms, onions, peppers, and I believe pieces of salami or prosciutto are also thrown in with the steak. So it's got a very, very good New England twist to it. Very good sandwich. Now, snickerdoodles are also very popular in New England. It's basically a sugar cookie that has cinnamon added to it. So it's like a cinnamon sugar cookie. Okay. So that is the cuisine of New England. Very, very good. Now, the most popular cuisine, at least as quoted in my research, is the Philadelphia cuisine. Because certain foods have become iconic to Philadelphia. Now, one of those foods is the Philadelphia cheesesteak. It was invented in Philadelphia in the 1930s. The cheesesteak is the most well-known icon of the city. Philadelphia's large immigrant population has contributed to a large mixture of taste to mingle and develop. Many types of foods have been created in or near Philadelphia or have strong associations with the city. Now, in the 1900s, Philadelphia's most iconic foods were established as the Philly cheesecake, the hoagie was created, the soft pretzel was created, the Italian ice, a.k.a. water ice, and soda were created in Philadelphia. Now, let's talk a little bit about the history of the Philly cheesecake because it's very popular. Now, the Philly cheesecake was created in the 1930s, and in the 1930s, the phenomenon as a steak sandwich began when hot dog vendor brothers Pat Olvier and Harry Olvier put grilled beef on a hot dog bun and gave it to a taxi driver. Later, after Pat and Harry had started selling a sandwich on Italian rolls, the cheesecake was affixed in the local culture when one of their cooks put melted cheese on the sandwich. Originally, the cheese was melted in a separate container to accommodate their large clientele who followed kosher rules, therefore not mixing dairy and meat. Today, cheese choices in Philadelphia eateries are virtually limited to American provolone or cheese whiz. Now, water ice or Italian ice is similarly associated with Philadelphia because of its popularity. Certain, certain stands like South Philadelphia's Pops or Italianos became similar products later franchised into new markets like Rita's Water Ice. Alright, so that's pretty good background information on the Philadelphia cuisine. Now, let's talk about foods from Philadelphia. Of course, you've got the Philadelphia cheesecake, you've got the Italian ice, but you also have got Scrapple, which is a processed meatloaf made of pork scraps and trimmings combined with cornmeal and flour. You've got the stromboli, which is similar to pizza and similar to a calzone, but just a tad bit different. And you've got a Philly cheesecake, which is uh, very good as well. All right, let's talk about New York cuisine briefly. I love New York. It's no secret that I'm a huge New York Yankees fan, and I've been to New York just once in my life, and that is when I went to Times Square. And I experienced firsthand all the different kinds of American food that New York had to offer. 
Now, if you've never, ever been to Times Square in your life, I recommend heading out to Times Square. There are some awesome fine dining restaurants out there. There are some awesome food vendors on the streets of New York. So if you actually have never been to the United States of America either, I'd recommend checking out New York because by going to New York, you're going to familiarize yourself with a lot of our foods in America. New York is well known for tourists and for people from other countries getting used to our culture. And the cuisine is a big part of New York's culture. So here's foods associated with or popularized in New York City. Hot dogs, Manhattan clam chowder, New York-style cheesecake, which, by the way, is my personal favorite cheesecake, New York-style pizza, New York-style bagel, New York-style pastrami, corned beef, baked pretzels, New York-style Italian ice, Eggs Benedict, Lobster Newberg, and the Waldorf Salad. Believe it or not, the donut was created in New York. And uh, the Delmonico Steak was created in New York. The Black and White Cookie was popularized in New York. Now, here are some dishes that were invented or allegedly invented in New York City. The Bloody Mary, the Chef Salad, the Chicken a la King, Chicken and Waffles, Chicken Devon, the Cronut, which is a cross between a donut and a croissant, the Delmonico Steak, Egg Cream, which I have no clue what that is, Eggs Benedict, General Toe's Chicken, Ice Cream Cone, Pasta Primavera, which is pasta with vegetables and usually a cream sauce, Penne Ella Vodka, the Reuben Sandwich, Steak Diane, and spaghetti and meatballs. Those are all foods that were either popularized or created in the United States, or excuse me, in uh, New York City. All right, let's talk about California cuisine. Now, California is known for its fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. If you are somebody who likes fresh produce, move to California. Now, in Northern California, with wine country nearby, French, Italian, and Mediterranean-inspired food is featured, as well as Asian-inspired fare. The California coast, especially the North Coast and Central Coast region, is a source of seafood, which is a staple in the California diet. Now, California-styled pizza focuses on non-traditional pizza ingredients, such as fresh produce and barbecue meats. Wow, never tried produce or barbecued chicken on a pizza. I wonder how the hell that would taste. Now, barbecue is very popular in California. All right, moving on down to our next cuisine, popular in America, and that is the Tex-Mex cuisine. Now, the Tex-Mex cuisine is a fusion of American cuisine and Mexican cuisine. It is found in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Utah, and of course, it's most obviously popular in Texas. Some ingredients found in um, Tex-Mex cuisine are obviously Mexican cuisine, and, uh, or excuse me, that, that sentence does not make any sense there. So some ingredients from the Tex-Mex cuisine are common in Mexican, in Mexican cuisine, but other ingredients not typically used in Mexico are often used. 
These would include the heavy use of shredded cheese, meat, particularly beef and pork, beans and spices, in addition to Mexican-style tortillas. Dishes such as Texas-style chili con corn and fajitas are all Tex-Mex inventions. Now, the Chicago cuisine, the city is known for various popular culinary dishes, including deep-dish pizza, the Chicago-style hot dog, and the Italian beef sandwich. Now, the Chicago-style hot dog traditionally is a steamed or a boiled natural casing wiener on a puppy seed bun topped with yellow mustard, chopped onion, sliced tomato, neon green sweet pickle relish, sport peppers, a dill pickle spear, and a sprinkling of celery salt, but never uses ketchup. Now, Chicago-style pizza, which mainly refers to any of three distinct varieties, which include the deep dish pizza, made nationally famous in large part by Pizzeria Uno, the stuffed pizza, often credited to Giordano's, uh, and the more locally popular crispy thin crust variety, which is an option at most Chicago pizzerias. Now, the Italian beef is a sandwich featuring Thinly sliced roast beef simmered in a broth, known locally as a gravy, containing Italian-style seasonings and served on an Italian roll soaked in the meat juices. Most beef beef stands offer a cheesy beef option, which is typically the addition of a slice of provolone or mozzarella. All right. Now, we're going to talk about the Cajun cuisine, but we're not going to talk too in-depth about it because I'm going to have a show on the Chef Carnelli cooking show, which will be focusing on the Cajun cuisine. Okay, so tonight I'll talk briefly about it, but not too much, because I have a show coming up on the Chef Carnelli cooking show about Cajun cooking. So, Louisiana cooking, popular foods are gumbo and jambalaya. Now, soul food is a variety of cuisine popular in the African-American culture. It includes fried chicken, mac and cheese, black-eyed peas, and cornbread. So we're going to do a show on Louisiana cooking, Cajun cuisine, and soul food right here on the Chef Carnelli Cooking Show in a couple of months. So we'll save all that talk for that show. All right? Wow! What a way to start the show, packed with information. And I do apologize for some of the mistakes I made tonight. But we can move past them because this is a fun show. All right. So, listeners, listen really close on this one. Can you imagine crispy, juicy fried chicken? Can you imagine delicious fried steak with a nice cream gravy? Can you picture a tasty hamburg with delicious cheese? Can you imagine some great American dessert recipes, including... Chocolate chip cookies, which are created by Nestle right here in New England. Can you imagine a delicious apple pie, the classic American dessert? Well, folks, don't go anywhere. Coming up next is time for some American recipes with Chef Alice Cardinelli. Coming up next, get a good fried chicken recipe, a good cornbread recipe, a good fried steak recipe, a good whoopie pie recipe, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, up next is recipe time. 
right after our intermission. Now, during this intermission, I'm going to play one of my personal favorite songs called Bad to the Bone. And then we're going to hear our infomercials. So, let's go right to our intermission.
every woman I meet, <laughs> they all stay satisfied. I want to tell you, pretty baby, well, I see I'll make my own. And I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone, bad to the bone. Would you like to find out when the next episode of the American Variety Network is? Do you want to find out the news and updates for the American Variety Network? Well, all you have to do is go on your computer and log on to the social media sites. The American Variety Network is now on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, you can find the American Variety Network on Facebook and Twitter. Like our fan page on Facebook called American Variety Network and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter fan page is at American Network One. Again, our fan page on Facebook is American Variety Network. Hit like and our fan page on Twitter is at American Network One and hit follow. Are you enjoying tonight's episode of the American Variety Network? Great! The American Variety Network really appreciates your listening. We also appreciate listener feedback. Please feel free to email us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's show. Our email address is AmericanVarietyNetwork at Comcast.net. That's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. You may also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns 
you may have about our show, you can also email us to book a guest appearance on the American Variety Network, or you may contact us to become a sponsor of the American Variety Network. American Variety Network at Comcast.net. While you're here listening to this show on Blog Talk Radio, feel free to check out some of the other great shows Blog Talk Radio has to offer. There are shows for everyone, whether it be sports shows, politics shows, comedy shows, talk shows, and yes, even church religious shows. Become a loyal listener of Blog Talk Radio. Today, blogtalkradio.com. Happy Halloween from Alex Cardinali and all of us here at the American Variety Network. We hope that your month is full of tricks and treats as well as plenty of scariness. Don't forget to enjoy some delicious candy this Halloween season. The American Variety Network suggests Reese's, Kit Kat, Snickers, and some Oreos for delicious Halloween treats. Make sure you have your candy ready for trick or treating. Happy Halloween! Halloween Tricks, the American Variety Network, live on Saturday, October 31st, 2015 at 9pm Eastern, 8pm Central, 7pm Mountain, and 6pm Pacific. October 31st just happens to be Halloween. On a special Halloween night, the American Variety Network will celebrate Halloween with plenty of tricks and treats, scary Halloween stories, Halloween music, and candy discussion. So ghosts, goblins, and zombies come out of your trial and tune into the American Variety Network for a special Halloween 2015 fun show. Join us Halloween night 9pm Eastern at blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network. Happy Halloween. Breaking news just into the American Variety Network studios. On Monday, November 30th, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain and 6 p.m. Pacific, Alex is going to share some groundbreaking news and announcements that will shock the American Variety Network and Blog Talk Radio. What is the news? Well, you're going to have to tune in live on Monday, November 30th because no one is going to find out. Suspense is the best. Plus there will also be a special surface guest returning to the American Variety Network for the first time in over a year. So what is the major news? We will find out on November 30th.
You're listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. Sound. 
Be sure to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write down these delicious recipes. Now, let's get on to recipe time. All right. My very first American recipe is a classic crispy fried chicken. So, for the fried chicken, you're going to need two pounds of cut up chicken, one and a half teaspoons of salt, one and, one, quarter, uh, one and a quarter teaspoon of fresh ground black pepper, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder. Now, for the dredging mixture, you're going to need two cups of all purpose flour, a tablespoon of baking powder, and a quarter t- teaspoon of salt. You want to heat your peanut oil in a large deep pot to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Do not fill more than half full. You don't want a hot oil spill over by accident. Now, for the seasoning mixture, in a small bowl, combine one teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of ground black pepper, and a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder. For the dredging mixture, in another bowl, mix your flour, baking powder, and quarter teaspoon of salt together. Rinse and pat dry chicken pieces with a paper towel. Cut the breast pieces in half across ribs. Sprinkle chicken generously on both sides with your seasoning blend. Drop a few chicken pieces of chicken into the flour mixture and um, shake the bag. I recommend doing this in a bag. So take your chicken and put your, uh, excuse me, first take your uh, flour mixture, put it into a Ziploc bag. Add your chicken and shake it around. Now, once your chicken is dredged, one piece at a time, you want to drop the oil, drop the chicken into the hot oil. Now, don't crowd chicken pieces. Cook about half the chicken at a time. Fry chicken until brown and crispy. Now, drain on paper towels. Dark meat will take about 14 minutes. White meat will take about 10 minutes. All right? That is your um, fried chicken. My next American recipe is country fried steak. I use cube steaks. That's the best choice for this in my opinion. You're going to need seasoned flour, which is flour seasoned with salt and pepper, and also Italian seasoning and paprika. You're going to need eggs mixed with water and milk and seasoned breadcrumbs. What you're going to do is you're going to take your cube steaks, dredge it in the flour first, then the egg, back into the flour, and finish with your seasoned breadcrumbs. Then you're going to put this in a pan filled with about a half cup of olive oil or peanut oil and fry about six minutes on each side, and it is done. Then you're going to take your pan and clean it off, and you can add whatever kind of gravy you like. I use a can brown gravy, but you could make your own cream gravy by cleaning off the pan and cleaning off all the oil. Then you're going to add, first you have to make a roux, so you have to add one stick of butter with about three tablespoons of flour. Whisk that together. Then you're going to add one cup of milk and a half cup of heavy whipping cream and stir that together. And then you're going to add some fresh ground black pepper, usually about two teaspoons, and your favorite seasoning. 
and you can toss that with your steak, pour it on top of your steak when it's nice and thick. However, I like to use a canned brown gravy because it is much easier. All right. Now, the next American recipe I'm going to give to you is my cheeseburg recipe. Very simple. So what I do is I go to the store and I buy a pack of ground beef. And I add salt and pepper, and that's it. And I form the patties into about a four-inch ball, and I flatten it real—I flatten it with my hands until it's really thin. And I grill that on my grill, or I bake it in my oven using the broiling method for about ten minutes. And then I add a slice of provolone cheese and some sautéed mushrooms, and there's my delicious cheeseburger. All right. So my next recipe is cornbread. You need a half cup of butter, two-thirds cup of white sugar, two eggs, one cup of buttermilk, a half teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of cornmeal, one cup of all-purpose flour, and a half teaspoon of salt. Preheat your oven to 375. Grease an 8-inch square pan. Melt the butter in a large skillet. Remove from heat and stir in sugar. Quickly add eggs and beat until well blended. Combine buttermilk with baking soda and stir into mixture and pan. Stir in cornmeal, flour, and salt until well blended and few lumps remain. Pour batter into the prepared pan. Now bake in the preheated oven for 30 to 40 minutes or until a toothpick inserted into the center comes out clean. Alright, this is my favorite steak recipe philly cheese steak you need thinly sliced ribeye steak or your favorite kind of beef you need cheese and i recommend using provolone cheese or american cheese and you need a grinder roll you can use your favorite kind of grinder roll so what you do is you take your ribeye steak and i want you to saute it in a skillet now you want to cook it for five minutes on each side or until fully cooked then you're going to remove the steak from the pan and keep warm by putting on a cookie sheet and put it into a 250-degree oven. It's going to keep your steak warm. In that same pan, you're going to saute some onions and peppers and mushrooms until they're nice and soft. Then what I want you to do is take those grinder rolls, split them open, take that thinly sliced ribeye steak, and put them on the grinder roll. Then take like a tablespoon or so of your sautéed pepper, mushrooms, and onions and spoon them over your steak. Then you're going to take your slice of cheese and put it on top of that. And I want you to put that Philly cheesesteak grinder into your oven for about four minutes until the cheese melts. And you want to do that at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Remove from the oven and there's your Philadelphia cheesesteak. Very good. Okay, my next recipe, childhood favorite of mine, chicken tenders. Now, chicken tenders are very good, and mine is very simple. All you really need is one pound of chicken cutlets, one egg, or if you're doing, or excuse me, actually this is the wrong recipe, sorry about that, this is a recipe for something else. So, I got to look in my recipe book again. Oh, here we go. Here is my chicken tenders. So this is a childhood classic favorite of mine. So chicken tenders, one pound of chicken cutlets. 
beaten eggs, usually use three or four, seasoned flour, and seasoned breadcrumbs. And again, seasoned flour is salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, and your favorite seasoning. So take the chicken pieces, chicken cutlets, dredge them in the flour first, then the eggs, back into the flour, and then to the breadcrumbs. Then you're going to either bake these for a healthier version. And if you're going to bake them, you're going to bake them at 350 for about 8 to 14 minutes, depending on how big the chickens are. Make sure they are fully cooked. Now, you can fry these as well. Fry them at 350 degrees Fahrenheit in your fryer. And you're going to fry them for 8 to 14 minutes as well. Now, these chicken tenders come out perfect. And I, side, I pair mine with sweet and sour sauce, barbecue sauce, ketchup, buffalo sauce. I think it goes great with just about anything. Now, you can also make these restaurant style by loading them with buffalo sauce and serving them with blue cheese dressing or loading them with barbecue sauce and serving them with ranch dressing. I am known to do that during a Super Bowl. Really, really good. All right? Now, my next recipe, chicken wings. Very good. I fry my chicken wings. I think chicken wings come out much better fried. So I get a big bag of chicken wings. I dredge the chicken wings in seasoned flour. And then I deep fry them at about 350 in a fryer or a large frying pan. And I deep fry them for 8 to 20 minutes. And then I'll bake them to make sure they're fully cooked. So when you're frying them, you're partially frying them, partially cooking them. And you're going to bake them in the oven to finish. So you'll need like a good 20-pound bag of chicken wings, seasoned flour. What you do is you dredge the chicken wings in flour, and then you're going to put them in your hot oil and let them cook for about 8 to 20 minutes and let them get golden brown. Then, to be on the safe side to make sure they're fully cooked, I will bake them in a 350 oven for about 10 more minutes. Then I pull them out of the oven. I put them in a large metal bowl and I mix them with whatever sauce I'm using. Now, they are good plain, but they're going to be um, bland, if you know what I mean, if you eat them plain. But they are good plain, too. But the reason that there is flour on those chicken wings is to, A, give them crispy, and, two, B, is to make them adhere to that sauce. All right? So, my next recipe is American Chop Suey. A good pasta meal. A good pasta meal if you're on a budget. So, you need two pounds of elbow macaroni. You will need pasta sauce. You can use canned sauce or your homemade sauce. This requires three cans of pasta sauce. You need one pound of ground beef or ground pork or ground veal. You need one pepper, one onion, and one package of sliced portobello mushrooms. This is a really easy recipe, folks. So, saute your pepper, onion, and mushroom, and ground beef into a large skillet, and cook until the ha the hamburg or the veal or the pork is fully cooked. Then drain off the fat, add your tomato sauce, and make sure it gets warm. Now, start cooking your pasta. When your pasta is cooked, combine the sauce and pasta together, and bada-bang, you have American chop suey. Really good recipe. And it's very affordable, too. It doesn't cost you a lot. All right. A classic American favorite, mashed potato. This creates enough for four to seven people. 
So my mashed potato calls for six to eight potatoes, salt and pepper, a good teaspoon or so of each, a half cup of milk, a quarter cup of Parmesan cheese. That's the Italian in me, folks. Got to have Parmesan cheese and everything and Italian seasoning. So I want you to boil your potatoes. Boil for 30 to 40 minutes. Then drain them and put them into your KitchenAid stand mixer. Now, if you have a KitchenAid stand mixer, this is going to save you and your hand from a lot of pain the night after you make mashed potatoes. Trust me. I use my KitchenAid mixer now because I felt the pain of whisking by hand. So put your potatoes in your KitchenAid mixer or any mixer, or you could do it the old way by doing it by hand. And I want you to add a stick of butter. I want you to add the salt and pepper, the Parmesan cheese. We'll wait on the milk a little bit. I want you to begin whisking this for one minute. Then I want you to add a little bit of milk at first, maybe like four tablespoons. And then you're going to mix it, add four more tablespoons, mix it again, and add your remaining milk until you get the consistency you want. You want to whip this for about five minutes. Then you're ready to serve it. Now, this is served great by itself, but you can serve it with gravy as well. All right. Now, we've got a chicken and broccoli Alfredo recipe. So, for this, you're going to need your favorite kind of pasta. You're going to need canned Alfredo sauce, or you can use a homemade Alfredo sauce. And for a homemade Alfredo sauce, all you need is a cart of heavy whipping cream. You'll need about a half cup to one cup of Parmesan cheese, some shredded mozzarella cheese, some Italian seasoning, and ground black pepper. So, in a large pot, put in there a stick of butter, add your heavy cream, and let that boil for about 15 minutes or until it thickens. Then add your Parmesan cheese, your mozzarella cheese, and your seasoning. And bada-bing! You've got Alfredo sauce. You're also going to need some chicken breast cut into little nuggets and some fresh broccoli. Now, here how easy this recipe is. I want you to take your chicken nugget pieces and saute them into a saute pan. And you're going to saute them for about 12 minutes. Then you're going to add your fresh broccoli and cook until it is really, really green, bright, bright green. And then you're going to add your Alfredo sauce to that. And let that cook and the Alfredo sauce heats. Cook your pasta, then drain your pasta and combine with the chicken and broccoli Alfredo. And that is your chicken and broccoli Alfredo recipe. All right, let's get into our dessert recipes now. Our final three American recipes. So we're going to talk about apple pie. It's that time of year again, folks. Pie time, and we're going to do a primetime baking show on pies right after our Halloween baking show. So apple pie, you need a half cup of sugar, a half cup of brown sugar, three tablespoons of all-purpose flour, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground ginger, a quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg, and six to seven cups of thinly sliced peeled tart apples one tablespoon of lemon juice, and you will need a pie crust, which you can buy in the grocery store. I use the grocery store pie crust. Uh, 
which is actually in your freezer section next to the cookie doughs and next to the cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. You will also need one tablespoon of butter and one egg white and additional sugar. In a small bowl, combine the sugars, flour, and spices set aside. In a large bowl, toss apples with lemon juice. Add sugar mixture and toss to coat. Now line a 9-inch pie plate with bottom crust. Trim pastry even with edge. Fill with apple mixture and dot with butter. Roll out remaining pastry to fit top of pie. Place over filling. Trim, seal, and flute edges. Cut slits in pastry. Now beat egg white until foamy. Brush over pastry. Sprinkle with sugar and cover edges loosely with foil. Bake at 375 for 25 minutes. Remove foil and bake 20 to 25 minutes longer or until crust is golden brown and filling is bubbly. Cool on a wire rack. All right. So I didn't do much talking during the recipes tonight. I didn't tell you about the recipes, and I totally forgot about that because that was my goal when I returned with the Chef Cornelli cooking show, but I'll do it for this recipe. Now, the chocolate chip cookies are actually created right here in New England by Nestle Toll House. And they were actually created by accident um, because she needed to prepare a quick dessert and she saw cookies would be quick. And she actually ran out of an ingredient and she had chocolate lying around. So she decided to cut up some chocolate pieces. She called them chips. She called her pieces of chocolate. She, she cut up chips. And that is how chocolate chip cookies were created. And they're very good. Now, chocolate chip cookies are loved by many Americans. They're available at any bakery. And they're available at any grocery store. And now you've got things like Chips Ahoy, Nabasco. There's a lot of cookies that are based off of chocolate chip cookies out there. So they're very popular in America, to say the least. So here's my recipe for chocolate chip cookies. One cup of butter softened. One cup of white sugar. One cup of packed brown sugar. Two eggs. Two teaspoons of vanilla extract. Three cups of all-purpose flour, a teaspoon of baking soda, two teaspoons of hot water, a half teaspoon of salt, and two cups of chocolate chips. Preheat your oven to 350. Cream together the butter, white sugar, brown sugar until smooth. Beat the eggs one at a time, then stir in the vanilla. Dissolve the baking soda in hot water. Add to batter along with salt. Stir in the flour, chocolate chips, and nuts. Drop by large spoonfuls onto ungreased pans. Now bake for about 10 minutes in a preheated oven or until edges are nicely browned. Our final recipe, another New England dessert, and that's whoopie pies. We're going to do a show on primetime baking just about whoopie pies. Now for this recipe, this is going to create chocolate whoopie pies. You need a half cup of vegetable shortening, one cup of firmly packed brown sugar, one egg, quarter cup of cocoa powder, unsweetened, two cups of all-purpose flour, one teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, and one cup of milk. Now, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, lightly greased baking sheets, and a large bowl cream together shortening sugar and eggs. In another bowl... Combine cocoa, flour, baking powder, baking soda, and salt. Oh, you're also going to need one teaspoon of baking powder as well. 
Now, in a small bowl, stir the vanilla extract into the milk. Add the dry ingredients to the shortening mixture, alternating with the milk mixture, beating until smooth. Try batter by the quarter cup size to make 18 cakes on two prepared baking sheets. With the back of a spoon, spread batter into four inch circles, leaving approximately two inches between each cake. Bake 15 minutes or until they are firm to the touch. Remove from oven and let cool completely in a wire rack. Make the whoopie pie filling. Now, when the cakes are completely cool, spread the flat side, the bottom, of one chocolate cake with a generous amount of filling. Top with another cake, pressing down gently to distribute the filling evenly. Repeat with all cookies and make nine pies. <coughs> Excuse me. Let finish whoopie pies cool completely before wrapping. All right. Now for the whoopie pie filling, you're going to need one cup of vegetable shortening, one and one half cups of powdered sugar, two cups of marshmallow fluff, and one and a half teaspoons of pure vanilla extract. In a medium bowl, beat together shortening sugar and marshmallow fluff, stirring vanilla extract until well blended. All right, folks, those are all of our recipes for tonight's show. I hope you guys have enjoyed tonight's show, and I hope you guys will use all my recipes. Now, I know I spoke fast during my recipes, so if you need a copy of my recipes or a copy of all the recipes that I've given out tonight, please email me at American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Again, that's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. And I'll be happy to send you all the recipes that I gave out tonight. So this was a very fun cooking show. And I'm very happy that the Chef Carnelli Cooking Show is now back on the air. I love the Chef Carnelli Cooking Show. And we're not going to have a cooking show next Sunday night um, because there is a wrestling pay-per-view and I'm a huge fan of wrestling, and I want to see the Hell in the Cell. So next Sunday night, I'm going to be watching the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, and that's next Sunday, October 25th. So we're going to have a day off next Sunday. Anytime there's going to be a wrestling pay-per-view on, we're going to, I'm going to take that Sunday off to watch it because I do a wrestling show, and I have to review the pay-per-view, so I have to see it, obviously. Um, but we're going to have next Sunday off. I'm going to return Sunday, November 1st, 2015. And boy, oh boy, am I looking forward to that cooking show. Because on Sunday, November 1st, 2015, I'm going to have a discussion on an Italian entree known as Parmesan. I'm going to talk about the history of Parmesan. And then I'm going to give you some awesome Parmesan recipes. I'll have a chicken parm recipe an eggplant parm recipe, and a veal parm recipe. So that's probably going to be like a 30 to 45 minute show, but it's not the time, it's the quality of the show. And that's going to be an awesome cooking show. So the next Chef Cornelli cooking show is going to be Sunday, November 1st, 2015, and we're going to have a discussion on Parmesan. Of course, we've got primetime baking on Wednesday, Wednesday, October 28th. 2015 with our Halloween recipes. All right, folks, I want to thank you guys for tuning into tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you guys had fun. 
Special thanks go out to my good friend, Eddie Hinkle, for calling into the show. Thank you very much, Eddie, for calling in and having fun with us at the beginning of our show tonight. I also want to thank um, Jeremy Stellhorn for advertising the show on Facebook for me. Really appreciate all of the uh, stuff you do for me, Ed. You're a great friend. I mean, Jeremy, you're a great friend. Appreciate it. And um, I appreciate all the listeners tuning into this show. You guys are making this a great show, and I love all my listeners. So make sure you go on Facebook and like Chef Carnelli Cooking, the podcast, and um, we'll see you on Facebook. Make sure you hit like on my fan page. Let me make sure I gave you the right fan page out there. Tonight I'm making a lot of mistakes for some reason, but it's okay. That's what happens on uh, live radio, right? <laughs> all right. So... Go to www.facebook.com forward slash Chef Cardinelli's Cooking Show and hit like. And it's called Chef Cardinelli Cooking Podcast with Chef Alex. All right? And also like American Variety Network on Facebook. That's going to do it for us tonight here on the American Variety Network. I hope you guys have a great upcoming week and a great Sunday next week. And the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, we'll see you Sunday November 1st, as we talk chicken parmesan, this is Chef Alice Cardinelli, and thank you so much for tuning into the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show tonight. Cooking and food lovers, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you learned a lot about American food tonight, and I hope you will use all of our American recipes. Isn't it great to know that America has so many different cuisines? Like New England cuisine, like Philadelphia cuisine, like Tex-Mex cuisine, like Chicago cuisine, and New York City cuisine. We're actually going to do a show on each of those cuisines to educate you some more. But, thank you very much for tuning in tonight's show. Have a great rest of your Sunday or day. And, Jeff Alice Cardinelli is out of here. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the American Variety Network. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details